You're listening to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. Hey there, church. Jesse here. Now, if you would, imagine with me for a moment. You've come to the point in your life when your children have grown and married, and they've moved out. You've been successfully managing your business for many years now with faithful employees. You're free from debt. Your investments are doing well. And what else? The government wants to give you a check every month. That's right. Retirement. The time has come for you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the fruit of all your hard work over the years. How lovely. While you picture yourself in this blissful state, turn with me to Luke chapter 12 and take a look at verse 16. Jesus here is talking to a huge crowd, and he goes on, tells them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. In the story of the rich man, we get the impression that he feels that he has reached the pinnacle of his life. He has wealth, his crops are super successful, so much so that he needs more space, but that's apparently not a problem for him. And now, he can more or less retire and enjoy all the good things that he has afforded himself. But as he reaches these monumentous heights of human achievement, he's informed that his time has come, and he dies. Most people will look at the farmer's accomplishment and think, wow, he made it, mission accomplished, he doesn't need a thing, and he deserves a break. And then looking at his death, it's easy to think to oneself, what a shame. Life had just become nothing but good for this guy, and then he's gone, and he can't enjoy it. But Jesus doesn't see this farmer and envy him enjoying life, but rather sees the reality of him facing his death. And upon his death, Jesus sees a life lived without God and then an eternity to be spent without him. Now you know as well as I that wealth can't keep us alive when our time comes to die, nor can it buy back the opportunities we missed while we were thinking of ourselves and ignoring God and others. The reality is, what's so sad about this fellow isn't what he left behind, but what he doesn't have as he moves on, which is God. He lived without God, and he died without God, and his wealth is now just an incident in his life. So what's Jesus saying here? Don't get me wrong, Jesus isn't saying that there's anything wrong with following good business principles or even saving for the future, but rather he is warning of the danger of selfishness that's motivated by greed. He's saying that this rich man got his priorities wrong. In his life, 
He apparently gives no thought to anyone other than himself, nor does he have any gratitude towards God, let alone any desire to give anything back to him. The statement God makes in verse 20 of that story, um, it says this, Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Which is God saying, You prepared all of this life for yourself, but now at the end of it, you realize you hadn't done any preparing for the infinitely better eternal life with me. And this verse is followed up by verse 21, where Jesus says, This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And now, as the crowd stands speechless around Jesus... He gives them a bit of a change of pace with verse 22, if you're following along. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. And then down in verse 30, he says, For the pagan world runs after all these things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Until Jesus said these things, I'm sure there were listeners around him thinking, Well, I'll never be as rich and well-off as the man in that story, so there's nothing I can take away from that. But then Jesus brings our attention, even to the constant worry people have of their most basic possessions, food and clothing. And he makes the point that worry is not only unnecessary, but it's a destroyer of faith, showing lack of trust in God. God is our Father, and in the same way that he cares for the most simple of his creation, be them birds or flowers, of course he's going to take care of our needs. And besides, Jesus points out that there is no practical benefit to worrying when he says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? At this point, You're probably thinking, this is all well and good, and it makes a little bit of sense, but how in the world am I supposed to not worry? I can't just shut it off. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, how do we beat worry? Well, first, realize God knows our needs. And know that it is his pleasure to give us his kingdom. But of course, God's pleasures and our treasures must go together, because if we're fixed on the things of this world, then of course, we'll always worry. But when we remember the eternal things of God, his peace will guard our hearts and minds. Jesus ends his talk about guarding oneself from greed and not worrying by telling us, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My prayer is that you're able to find your treasure in the Lord. Take care, friends.